This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. A little bit of a discussion today about um, earned wage access. Uh, And some companies have chosen to embrace it. Uh, And one of those companies is with me on the phone line here today. But we'll get to that in just a few moments. So if you don't already know what it is, uh, just a quick introduction. It's a very simple concept. Uh, When a worker kind of clocks out after a shift or whatever, they're able to immediately get at least some of the money that they've earned for that date. No more real waiting until payday. Uh, It's also in some places known as uh, on-demand pay. And it's a tool that can theoretically help employees avoid things like overdraft fees, high interest credit card debt, late payments, and predatory loans. Um, Workers can kind of set a schedule for getting paid that's timed to their bills and their needs and not their employers. And the main benefit of it is the fact that many employees who've chosen to use it really, really like it. And if we look at an example, Walmart have been using this idea since 2017, and their employees rank it as their second favorite benefit right behind their 401ks. So in competitive hiring environment, earned wage access is one of the few ways to give a benefit to employees without really increasing labor costs. And for employees, it can help improve financial wellness, peace of mind, by giving them more control back over their money. And it can be especially beneficial for the people who live paycheck to paycheck. When people are late or on or miss a bill, it's because they're waiting for payday and it can negatively affect their credit score and their stress levels. And that's something that we're going to be talking about um, very uh, in-depth today. Now, with me on the phone line, as I mentioned, I have uh, Izam bin Ramli. He is the MD for Legacy Sonata. And I have the co-founder of uh, Paid, Justin Kong. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. How are you both doing? I'm uh, good. I'm good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, very well. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having us on the show. Okay. Um, so let's just get straight into it. Uh, how long have you two guys known each other? Uh, we've known each other a little over a year now when we when Legacy first signed up as a client. So one of the pioneers in Malaysia to offer earned wage access to their employees. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Now, uh, obviously, one of the things that we, we've learned about is, um, especially during the pandemic, you know, p- things like access to, to, to wages, to money has been a lot of a, a, has been a real stressful thing. And when we look at things like um, employee retention, there are certain industries where there's, I, I don't want to say opening and, and closing of doors very rapidly, but security guards tend to come and go very quickly. W- would you agree with that, Is that? Oh yes, definitely. Right. Security guard, uh, security guard. Uh, this industry, uh, they are free to go to work with anyone at any time. You know, they are mm-hmm. not binded by any contracts. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay, so that's going to be one of the things that I come to a little bit later on in for this. But let, let's just talk yeah. about uh, mental health and things, you know, and well-being. Um, what do you think this shift, or why do you think this shift in the importance towards employees being emotionally healthy is crucial in the current working environment? And I'm asking that to Isam. Um, we for for me legacy Snada, we we call out, we go by legacy security uh, Richard. So okay. for us at for good for us at legacy security, we provide services to our clients. 
Yeah. So services, security services, which means it's a manpower. So if the security guard, uh, our guard, are not mentally um, prepared or, or mentally up to up there to go to work, mm. you know, clients will see it. Clients will notice, and and it will affect uh, back to our company. Most of it are from the B forty uh, bracket. Right. So for to them, it is about survival. Mm. You know, buying rice, you know, milk, mm. like diapers for their kids. Mm. In the modern days now, you know, transportation to work. Mm. If they can they can address all these costs monthly, you know, they have peace of mind and they can work like very well. Mm-hmm. If and now the, on the other hand, if they cannot, you know, you start to see uh they're sulking at their face uh, at, the, at, the, at our client's place mm-hmm. um lateness to work some even don't even show up to work right you know? so so this thing directly impact my company and it directly impact my revenue because we charge our client based on per hour you see okay um and are you saying then that their moods and the way in which they work is directly related to their finances and their access to finance? Yes, yes, right. I would say so. Now, there's a skeptic in me and a businessman in me that would say, well, there's two options here. Why not change the way in which you pay them or, or pay them more? Um, pay them more. We would, like, we would love to pay them more, Richard. Right. We love to. I mean, for our, our company, we try to enrich or, or make uh, the B40 category, the people who work for us, we want to bring them out from right. the from the bracket itself. Yeah. So once they join us, you know, no matter what level, gut level, we will tell them, you know, that you have a future in this company. You can take yourself out of the B40 category and this is the way. Mm-hmm. But you have to perform, mm-hmm. right? So on the other hand, on if we put ourselves in their shoe, how how do they perform if they cannot even pay for their their, their transportation to work? You know, how do they go to work if they cannot pay for their transportation to work? Yeah. For yeah. example, right? how do they go to work if they know that or oh, their wife and kids have no food hmm. and in their house? You know, and all we, this all this impact their their quality of work. And, and, and would you say that you know the implementation of mm-hmm. uh, earned wage access and, and you know things like paid has has changed mm-hmm. that for them and changed that for you? Um, yes, definitely, Richard. Right. Uh, I've been in the business for for over nine years now. Yeah. Uh, when when we first started, I have the same thought as 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 you. You know, why do we need to give them advance? Because Let's say, mm. for example, 2,500 ringgit per month is 2,500 ringgit per month. Yeah, yeah. Why do the company need to fork out early uh, wages for them, you know, excess, mm. this excess uh, wages, which, which which in the, in the industry, we call it advance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why do we need to provide advance to the guy whereby uh, we can just give them at the end of the month, it's the same, it's the same mm. amount, right? Mm. So... I think from my second years when I start the business, I said, uh, "This is it. Enough is enough. I just want to stop this. Uh, we, we, we will start the process of giving their salary at the end of the month mm. instead of instead of giving advances. Mm. So we round everyone up. We call our operation staff. Go brief your guy. 
uh, and we expected retaliation. Of course, they don't agree. Uh, they they don't agree mainly. So uh, we just go through it. So the first month, uh, we expected you know uh, all these disciplinary issues and lateness and uh, mm. and uh, didn't come didn't show up no show and it happened and it happened and uh, but I told my team to to buckle up you know uh, the first month is always the hardest because you know they they receive their their their, their month end salary lower because they already took the advance Right. So they have to last the, the the throughout the next month with the salary and wait for the second um, the second salary to come in. Mm-hmm. So I said just wait for the second salary to come in before uh, before we do anything. It will be better. It will get better soon. Right. So during the first month, uh, it was the worst month <laughs> of my career. Right. Uh, People and, and, keep calling, complaints start coming in. Of course, of course, and that that was about a year ago, was it? Uh, no, no. There was uh, a few years before I started. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, when I started, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's take a short uh, break here, folks. Uh, folks at home, I'm on the phone with uh, Izam bin Ramli. He's the MD of Legacy Security and the co-founder of Paid. It is Justin Kong. We're gonna take a short break here on BFM 89.9. Bagi free minum. BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Rich Bradbury. If you're only just tuning in, we're talking about earned wage access. On the phone with me, I'm speaking with the co-founder of Paid. It is Justin Kong, and I've got uh, the MD of Legacy Security. It is Izan Bin Ramli. Thank you very much for both uh, waiting patiently. Let me just bring Justin in here. Justin, um, you know, talk to me a, a, a little bit about, about Paid. Where did you first... You know, conceptualize this idea. Where, where did you first hear about the idea of uh, earned wage access? Um, so, you know, I spent the early years of, of my career in the UK, uh, Richard, mm. and during that time, you know, early, like, or maybe like 10, more than 10 years ago now, payday lending was was huge and booming. Yeah. It was an unregulated industry, um, but really solving the same problems of people trying to live paycheck to paycheck. Um, now, I think they did it in a very predatory manner. You know, interest rates were four, five thousand percent a year, equivalent to a lot of people into bankruptcy. It's yeah. not the same model, right? Because mm. you can essentially take out um, your paycheck, uh, like a lot more than you can actually take out with earned wage access. But the downside to that is there are a lot of people who actually then can't repay um, and unfortunately go bankrupt. So mm-hmm. then the FCA came in, they regulated it. Uh, and that business model, you know, essentially has has kind of died because the economics don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Third wage access, the way that we make it affordable to the employees is we work together with employer, right? Yeah. By being able to duck money from the paycheck, we actually transfer the credit risk from a B40 employee um, who is very high credit risk to the employer. Um, so we essentially get paid, you know, in a timely manner. Um, we, we can actually manage that risk. So obviously because of that, the, the costs are lower and we pass that on to the employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I'd, what I'd like to add on to, to what Izama said as well is he doesn't have these stats, but what we have seen is that more than 50% of our withdrawals are actually just for survival. So food, transport costs. 
Right. Um, you know, before we came along, uh, the problem still existed. So where did people go? Uh, normally, we found the first person they go to, first people, is their family, friends, and and yeah. and, and colleagues. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, what we've seen is that you know almost thirty percent of our transfers, which people take out money, are actually to give their friends, family, and colleagues. So it's kind of turn turn itself on its head where they're taking their money to support um, their loved ones. Interesting. So it is it, kind of, yeah, like you say, it's turned on its head and it's become you scratch my back, I'll, I'll scratch your back. And when I've got it, I can help out kind yeah. of situation, right? Um, just before we take a break then, um, things like fees. Obviously, there has to be a transaction fee at some point during this. And Now, where does that transaction fee come from and, and who has to pay that transaction fee? So the transaction fee is paid by the employee. Um, okay. You know, it's it's a flat fee. We don't charge. It doesn't matter how much you take out. Your limits are basically dependent on how much you earn. It's accessing your wages. So if you earn more, you could take out more. Um, But what I would say is it's cheaper than anything else, right? And quicker as well. So Mm -hmm. one is the convenience of getting it, you know, within a couple of hours. And the other one is that if you actually had to go to an external source, not only does it take you longer, you have to put in an application, wait for it to get approved. You know, some have instant approvals, but those are always way more expensive. Uh, Justin, just to go back to what you were saying earlier on, uh, and I I think you kind of explained it very nicely about how I think some people, when they hear this phrase, you know, earned wage access, there is a misunderstanding of it. They still do see and perceive it, perhaps, as this idea of payday loan. how have you managed to fight against that perception? There's a, there's a few fundamental differences, right? So um, one is you can only access the wages with, or salary in Malaysia, which you actually have earned. So, you know, let's say if you earn 100 ringgit a day, you can take out 50%. So that's 50 ringgit. Yeah. That is very unlike a payday loan where, you know, say you've earned 100 ringgit on day one of the month, you can take out your full month's of salary. Um, so, and, and also second part of that is like, are you in debt? So do you have any obligations, uh, once you take out the money, uh, Mm -hmm. with earned wage access, you don't, right? So there's no risk of falling into the debt trap from that perspective. Mm. Okay. Richard, if I I may add. Please um, do. Yeah. Income, uh, one's income is actually one of their, their own pride, you know, how much they can bring home. Mm. So having access to their their, their own uh, earned wages is actually just claiming what they have worked for earlier. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. so these have significant difference between uh, borrowing from a friend, you know, 100 ringgit, and then another friend 100 ringgit, rather than just get, take what you have worked for. Mm, so mm. that is what, what my thoughts are on this. Let me just one more thing to add. Like, it is um, an empowerment thing, right? Uh, as, yeah. as a user, you have, it is my money, right? Um, yeah. If you want to give an example of a different industry, which we don't cover, um, like think about, you know, if I take a taxi ride and I pay the taxi driver for the ride that I've just completed and he receives the money there and then versus, mm-hmm. you know, payday lending, which would be, okay, I've done a taxi ride, but I want to take money for all the future taxi rides that I'm, I'm maybe going to do for the rest of the month. And I want that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Izam, when did you yeah. first hear about uh, paid? Who kind of introduced you to it? Um, it was introduced by a friend of mine, I think one and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we have been practicing advance uh, all along, but when paid comes, uh, when we, we were introduced to paid, we were quite intrigued in a way this advanced scheme uh, or system is digi- digitalized and it provided with our our guards with um, flexibility of how much they want to withdraw right. you know, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And have you seen changes in the, your organization after the implementation of this uh, idea? Uh, yes, definitely, uh, Richard. Our guides are some of our guides didn't maximize their advice. That is what we love, you know. Have, looking at that, meaning they have they have enough, <laughs> they have enough, you know, to sustain. Which yeah. means they manage they manage their fund better, and we can keep track of how how much they withdraw, you know, how much they, they spend, and and how how is that how, what is you know they're spending. Uh, we cannot see what they're spending on. Mm. How much is their their withdrawal, and if that person withdraw maximum like every month, then we have to watch out whether this this person is actually having a financial issues and that mm. kind of thing. That is another angle for us to monitor our guys. Mm. Would you say they're happier now then? Oh yes, yes, yes. Mm. I think they are much more happy. Um, before pit comes along, we give a flat rate of um, advance. You know, mm. uh, so let's say for our arm guide. Uh, who carries arm? We give them per month is around roughly around one thousand to five hundred, one thousand to seven hundred per month. Mm-hmm. So it's flat, right? Whether you want it or you don't want it, you will still receive it, right? Right. So when paid comes along, they they have their own uh, way to to manage their finances. Mm-hmm. So I think they give them a little more, a bit more empowerment, like uh, Justin just mentioned. Okay, Justin. Just over to you now. Uh, obviously, I I want to understand the the regulations behind this. How how exactly is it regulated? Um, I think the the question there is uh, well, in, in short, it's, it's not regulated. But the question you have to ask yourself is: Are, are you borrowing money? Right. So the main mm. part is: Are you, do you need a money lending license for this? Mm. Um, I think just bringing it back to the example I gave about a taxi driver uh, earning their money and paying them on the spot. Because the employee has already performed the service um, and, you know, the money rightfully belongs to them, we are not lending money. I think the second part of that is, you know, does an employee actually have any obligation to uh, repay or any obligation at all once he takes the money out? And the answer to that is no as well. I think when you look at the definition of money lending, it's typically giving uh, giving someone money that doesn't belong to them and it typically comes with an interest and an obligation afterwards. So, yeah, we're, we're the industry itself is not regulated. Okay. Um, what about stuff like wait times? for When you've made a request on the app, how long does it take before that um, is approved? Is there any approval process? Or there, There is no approval process because it's inherently built into the system. Like, you know, we know whether they've done the work or not, how much rightfully right. belongs to them. That. Yeah. Um, so there is no approval process required from us or from legacy. Uh, wait times, it's typically between one and three hours. Brilliant. And I'm sure people are loving this then. All right, okay. Um, the last question I've got is, um, and, and this kind of goes for, for both of you, it, it's about the privacy of data. Um, and I'm sure there's some people who really don't want you to know what they're spending their, their money on or how much they are kind of moving around, so to speak, or how much they're withdrawing. Um, what rights do they have? And are 
all of these people that are signing up for this um, this service. Uh, I think, Isam, I want to ask you first, mm-hmm. are, are they really aware of what's happening with their data? Um, yes, they're aware, hmm. Richard, because um, we need to, uh, let's say we're talking about the amount of how much they withdraw. Hmm. The company needs to know how much they withdraw so that we can f- calculate their final um, uh, uh, final wages mm. at the end of the month. So that's about it. Uh, we don't know anything else, how much they spend, uh, whether they keep the money, where do they spend the money. We don't have that data, Richard. And, and it's all uh, tied in with payroll, is it? Yes, yes, correct. We tied in, okay. Justin, uh, again, just that final question. What, what are you doing with that data? Are you just like just keeping track basically or, or what are you doing with it uh i think we're just for, for now we're keeping track i think uh you know when you talk about spending behavior it's, it's things that we ask them as well they can choose not to disclose if they wish not to um so it's, it's all that it's all within the employee's choice around what what um around managing that data i think you know when we do collect data to provide a service we only collect what data is absolutely necessary you yeah. uh, we don't collect sensitive data like religion um maybe even like uh, your address or you know, even more sensitive things like sexual preference and things like that, which you maybe can get with some of the social media apps. Mm-hmm. So really just collect what's necessary. I think the other part when you talk about data security is that we use AWS, Amazon Web Services, which has the highest levels of cybersecurity and used by some of the largest companies around the world and even in Malaysia like Petronas, Astro and Maxis. Lovely. Gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for your time today. Thank you for having us again, Richard. It's a pleasure my, my talking pleasure. to you. Folks, I've been on the phone with co-founder and CEO of Paid, that is Justin Kong, and of course, uh, from uh, Legacy Security, Izam bin Ramli. He's the MD over there. If you missed any part of this show, go download uh, go download the podcast. It's available via the BFM app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Want to know more about uh, earned wage access and paid? That's where you'll find out more. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.